0: On this episode of AvTalk, we discuss the recent incidents allegedly involving drones, Norwegian ends up with a 737 in Iran, Korean Air takes on overzealous K-pop fans, and one restaurant wants to help flyers with some emotional support chicken. Hello, and welcome to episode 47 of AvTalk. I am Ian Pechnik here, as always, with Jason Rabinowitz. Hello, Ian. Hello Jason and welcome to our last show of 2018. Yeah, and we're doing it again in
1: like almost daylight hours, so I'm I'm all awake. I'm not sick. How how about you? I'm
0: awake. I'm not sick, but there is sickness in the house, so that's I don't know if I'm actually awake. I may be sleepwalking through this particular podcast. Oh, well, wake up. I have my cup of coffee and I'm ready to go. Uh, is that really what you're drinking? Yes, coffee. I've, got, I have, I have coffee. Two thirds of a Coke that I finished with lunch. That's still sitting here. Can of water, and of course our traditional podcast beer. Hmm, uh, delicious canned water. And it's well, it's the, the with the bubbles in it. You know, sure. Yeah. Anyway, sure. 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 Whatever we made it back from stockholm or at least i made it back from stockholm i, I hope you're not still in stockholm are oh, you i'm did, uh, did home there?
1: i'm home okay good, yeah, good. I, I, I just wanted I left to make sure you,
0: even. you did yeah a few days before me so it's, it's so that you would finally give up the flight simulator and i could have a turn yeah exactly it was That's a why. most uneventful flight yeah my flight was uh, empty on the way home it was packed on the way over i guess because we were there for for the week preceding yeah, same, the same same for my Nobel flight actually and then we left before the Nobel ceremonies wrapped up, and, and so no one wanted to leave Stockholm. And, and I had an entire row, not, not just my seat and the seat next, but an entire row of an A330 to myself. Sounds profitable. Well, profitable for me, perhaps not the airline, but you know, that's- That's all that matters as they come, to me really exactly. is to
1: make sure that you have been awarded some sort of profit.
0: And that profit was in the form of extra seats. I got the full can of uh, ginger ale or, or whatever. But So we're recording on the 19th of December and the current news is that there is possibly maybe could be, might be a couple of drones flying over Gatwick and, and over two dozen flights have diverted. And now, Jason, you made a good point: is that this story kind of started about two hours before we're talking yeah, right now, and everyone's still diverting. They're magic drones. The, they I have, mean, the, you your, know, your typical uh,
1: DJI drone only has battery life of like twelve to twenty minutes. So what what is someone like flying a drone, landing it, swapping batteries, putting it back in the air over and over and over for two
0: hours. I don't really fully comprehend what's going on here. I don't either, but flights are still diverting. So obviously, there's Something happening there. Something. Uh, there, there's
1: no significant weather
0: at all whatsoever. Um, it's quite nice, actually. The weather in general is poor, but the weather now seems to have improved. So I, it's very interesting to me what's happening here. But if it was in fact a drone or two, get the Gatwick Twitter account said that there were two, and I'm very Im- impressed by the the fact that they could see two of them. Or, or what was happening? I'm not sure but they're still figuring that out and unfortunately, it's going to be a mess because all of these flights have diverted and they eventually have to get back to Gatwick. Right. Let's see. This Norwegian flight from Stockholm is going Somewhere over the English
1: channel, it looks like it's heading towards Amsterdam. Uh, the Norwegian 7 8 flight from JFK is up in were they Liverpool. Where, where? I, th- I think they went up to Liverpool, Liverpool, or, or that, they, they could just keep going. I don't know. That's not even a city Norwegian serves long haul flight, so that's like you said, that's going to throw Norwegian 7 8 schedule into whack for at least a week with the way their operation normally runs. But yeah, this is a an extended period of of absolute closure for Gatwick, and that's going to take a long time. It's going to be a, a disaster there in the morning. Uh, let's see. This flight didn't even make it over the channel. They went to uh, I don't know where the very western France, I guess. Wow, a lot of flights diverting for some reason. Allegedly drones.
0: Yeah, so we'll we'll see we'll see what happened there. In other alleged drone news, we have the. Aeromexico 737 that had I mean we know that something happened because the pictures show a, a very damaged radome and weather radar and so either hit something and there was no blood of any sort no blood no it. feathers nothing yeah so it was either a I mean I've seen a couple of bird strikes in the past that left no organic material but they were really big birds when this happened and so the question was, if it hit right on the nose, maybe they would have seen i I don't know, but the local media began reporting that it had possibly hit a drone. The thing that intrigued me about this was the damage to the actual radar dish. And I hadn't seen that before. Yeah, that's unusual.
1: But apparently radomes have in the past kind of imploded spontaneously. So maybe that's the case here. Either way, we don't know what happened. There's no confirmation in any way, shape or form that this was indeed a drone impact. And it's been a habit recently that any sort of incident in the air collision or impact with some sort of unknown thing in the sky it's a drone it's a drone we're all going to die because drones are going to kill us all well there's no evidence that that's ever actually happened
0: yeah i mean not not with a commercial commercial airliner anyway but i think it speaks to the kind of the ultimate fear that people have that you know this is a very real problem and i don't think it's really a a question of of if it, it, I, I really do think it's a question of when. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, I mean, it probably
1: has happened, but we just nobody's noticed it, or it hasn't been noticed, and or hasn't been at, attributed to a drone. And if if it hasn't happened already, it will happen at some point. And I, not to make light of the situation, it, it's horrible, and I don't think anyone should be flying a drone anywhere near an airport. But unfortunately, drones came before the software to prevent them from flying in conflicting airspace which is very unfortunate because the technology definitely existed but now there are tons
0: and tons of drones out there that just don't have that technology baked in yeah i mean it, it's one of those things that it strikes me as odd that the consumer drone industry got way ahead of i i guess the airspace regulations and and now it's you know trying to put things back in a bottle is extremely difficult I mean because there have been legitimate drone sightings near closed airspace and you know confirmed where people have been you know either arrested or or sighted or, or something like that. So I mean the the fact that they exist and they're there that we know about has there ever been any collisions with an airliner we don't know for sure but it's going to happen. Yeah, it'll happen sooner or later but hopefully doesn't cause any dramatic damage. No, I certainly hope not. And you know the the robustness of the, you know the safety mechanisms on an airliner are, are such that hopefully that if something does happen, it it might cause damage, but not you know certainly not loss of life. But we wait to find out if it actually you know hopefully they you know they can figure out what it was because. That was quite the hit that that Aeromexico 737 took.
1: Yeah. There was an incident off in the New York Harbor Bay, actually, where I believe a consumer drone was impacted by a military helicopter and a part of the rotor of the drone had a serial number on it. And they were actually, actually able to identify the person who was operating the drone, but they were in actually legal airspace. So it's not always incidents in, in places where drones aren't supposed to be. Right,
0: right. So, An interesting thing happened this week that I think more was made of it than probably should have been, but it was an interesting thing nonetheless. A Norwegian 737 MAX had an engine oil pressure issue. It's unclear whether it was a warning or or an actual issue with the engine, but they diverted to Shiraz, Iran, which wouldn't mean anything except – US sanctions have recently come back into force on Iran and so you're now dealing with with an airplane that if there's an issue may or may not be able to be fixed where it's diverted to which was you know very interesting to me the, the they did you know Norwegian sent a, a rescue flight to pick up the passengers they spent a night in the hotel Apparently they, you know, were treated very well and and dealt easily with you know all of the things that people were very concerned about. And there was a lot of hand wringing about whether you know women would have to cover themselves and what will they do and visas and things like that. And apparently it wasn't you know that big of an issue other than just being stuck there, which is a rather unfortunate thing.
1: Right. If you're not clearing customs or anything, you're not officially entering the country. You're stuck there, but you just can't leave your accommodations there. Whether they put you in a hangar or or something better, you're not entering the country, so it's not actually an issue.
0: Yeah. So One of those things where they got on the plane, they – Unfortunately, the rescue flight to take them had to make a a technical stop in uh, Warsaw. And so they uh, stopped, picked up some more fuel, and then eventually made it back to to Oslo. Right. I wonder if that's because the
1: aircraft couldn't make it there on one tank of gas, or that they just couldn't refuel once they landed in Iran.
0: I know that that there have been. Well, it was a. I don't know whether the rescue flight was a, a an eight hundred or a max. But I don't know the answer to that question, but it's an interesting one. Yeah. Well, it's not something that's totally
1: unexpected. Flights overfly Iran all the time, and a part of the overflight permits is your ability to land at an airport in case of emergencies, and that's exactly what happened here. It's unfortunate that it happened to be into a country that that you can't really get spare parts for this aircraft, so I don't know how they're going to get that out of there.
0: It's been- uh... Well, they, they had it, they were doing engine runs and taxi tests the other day. So I don't know what, what they're possibly you know, waiting for and, and trying to get things done. But it'll be interesting to see. The, the aircraft still on the ground is LNBKE, Lima November Bravo Kilo Echo. Uh, is the registration for that particular craft and so we'll see when they can get it back to Oslo.
1: I would love to hear the conversation in on the flight deck when they were figuring out what their options were like, ah crap, we really have to land in Iran. They they have no other option. I guess it, once they're at that point there's no other country nearby in an emergency situation, but that must have been uh, not a great realization when they really determined we're going to have to land in Iran and deal with all the the issues that come along with that.
0: Yeah, what was really interesting is is the the comments that one of the Norwegian executives made about who was on the flight, and one of the staff members working the flight was of, I don't know if they were of Iranian descent or if they were you know uh, working for Norwegian but but were Iranian and they you know they spoke the language, they knew the customs, they were able to deal with everything, and so I mean it sounds like that made made things go a lot smoother than they would have otherwise. That's lucky. Also lucky, restarting both engines when they flame out. Automatically even. Automatically even. Automagically. I don't – well, I mean, you know, we've talked about this before. Flying is magic. Fill us in, Jason. Well –
1: a Virgin Australia was an ATR 72 600. 72. Yep, no, 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 another Australian city name. <laughs> you set me up, Ian. Yes, yes, uh, I did. Canberra, yeah, let's go with that. They were descending through 11,000.
0: Podcast 000. at fr24.com if you would like to help Jason. Let pronounce me live. Virgin <laughs> Australia ATR Australian. 72
1: 600 on uh, December 13th was descending through 11,000 feet in heavy rain. When the right engine's power rolled back, meaning it, it decreased, it, it no longer was providing thrust to the degree they needed to do, and then it flamed out. Flaming out basically means the engine is, it shuts off, basically. The engine automatically restarted within five seconds, which is good. Uh, they continued past 10,000, and then the other engine rolled back, and then that eventually flamed out, but also automatically reignited, which is Great. Past that point, the crew, this report from the Australian government, the ATSB, says these crews selected manual engine ignition for the remainder of the flight, which was uneventful. So it wasn't a double flame out in the sense that two engines were flamed out at the same time, but it was more sequential. Uh, The right engine flamed out was restarted, then the left, which was then restarted. And this is not something that is unheard of. Uh, When you pass through heavy rain, engines could potentially flame out if they're flooded with too much water. I believe back in the day, there was a TACA 737 in in Texas that had dual engine flame out due to water ingestion and actually had to land on like a, a levee outside a NASA facility. I'm kind of piecing that together from old episodes of like air crash investigation. But I think I got the details of that right, but they 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 landed, and everything was okay but it's good to hear that safety systems that can automatically handle engine failure or flame out like this kicked in, and really, there were no negative consequences here,
0: yeah, I mean it you know always a good thing when the when the engines restart and they basically made a made a big three sixty well well, things worked themselves out and they they landed just fine. You are referring to Taka Flight 110 from Belize to New Orleans, and they lost, in 1988, they lost power in both engines, uh, and the aircraft made a powerless landing on a grass levee adjacent to a NASA, the assembly facility for, for the show. Look at that. I got so, all the uh, details right from you, memory. You, well done, sir. Wow. Well done. And this was, in fact, featured on the Nowhere to Land The 11th episode of the 11th season of Air Crash Investigation. Who says watching TV is bad for you? So, in this particular instance, Jason, you watched the right amount of TV. Excellent. I watched too much of that. (laughs) Should we go over to things that shouldn't be a thing, but are? This really shouldn't be a thing, but it is. I mean, we've all threatened to do something like this at one time or another for, you know, getting airfield access or, you know, being able to go take a picture or something like that. You know, I'll just buy a refundable ticket and then cancel it once I'm through security. But this takes things to a very weird and ridiculous level. You shouldn't do this. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Why don't you explain what happened? I don't feel that I can adequately do that, but I will do my very best. So, not being a huge K-pop fan myself. I mean, it's catchy, don't get me wrong. You know, I don't have I'm not steeped in the in the music really. I can't speak to which bands are being, you know, Are they bands, groups or I don't know I don't know what you call them. So, people In order to get close to K pop groups, bands, or whatever, inside of an airplane, they're buying refundable tickets and then getting on the plane, seeing the people, and then getting off the plane and asking for refunds. Yeah.
1: I mean, we've all been there. We've all thought, well, I'll just get a refundable ticket and then, you know, leave and then ask for my money back. And that's, I mean, kind of not great, but you can do it. But in this case, they're actually getting on board the aircraft, taking their selfies, and then storming off the plane. And and it's a little overdramatic to say planes are emptying. It's like a couple of people here or there, as far as I can tell. But it's gotten to the point where the airlines in South Korea have had to institute no-show policies, where if uh, you board the aircraft, scan your boarding pass, and then get off the aircraft, you have to pay a hefty fee to get your money back which is actually fairly common i think but apparently it wasn't in south korea but now they've had to actually institute policies to avoid this from happening
0: yeah so, so they have no show policies already like like if you buy a ticket and don't use it you can't get all of your money back even if your ticket was refundable you got charged the new york times article says 50,000 to 120,000 won which is between 44 and 106 dollars. so now they're adding a 200,000 won penalty. That's a lot. If you go through security, it's what, like 150 bucks? If you go through security and then cancel the ticket. So I guess how much is it worth to you to see your favorite K-pop group? And you raised a good point before we started
1: recording. Why aren't these
0: K-pop stars flying private? Right. Like that was my first – I'm like the easiest way to deal with you know hordes of people trying to take your picture on an airplane is to, to fly privately. But maybe that's is the whole part of the thing i, I don't i don't understand i, I don't I, know I, I don't pretend do to know. understand but yeah apparently in one case there were a few people that got off and then they cleared the entire plane that's crazy yep so and this was last saturday a korean air flight from hong kong to seoul was delayed by an hour because three fans got on and then got off so it's like <laughs> Don't do that. But that that's crazy to me. Or at least fly and ha- yeah, and, and sit mean, next it, to them for the whole yeah, flight. like that's the other thing. Like if if you got onto the plane with them, be on the plane with them.
1: Yeah, or whatever.
0: I <laughs> yeah, this was just one of those. I do not understand. I do not understand. Let's go from Seoul to Tokyo. Well, I mean, I really Seoul to Toulouse. But so yeah, to Toulouse. Anyway. ANA's first A380 and the flying Hanu livery got painted a giant and turtle. One giant turtle and two little turtles. Oh, baby turtles, which are still like you know twenty feet high. So we knew this was coming.
1: They had released. We did. Uh, yeah, we knew. Uh, yeah, it Yeah, like. they released the the diagrams for these quite a long time ago, actually. At this point, but they're they're finally coming out of the paint shop and will enter service sometime in 2019, basically only to Honolulu.
0: Yeah. So that'll be – if you want to fly them, you have to either go to Honolulu or go to Tokyo and then you can fly between the two. That would be Uh, nice. I like both of those places. Yeah. I would not say no to that flight. But the coolest thing about this is me – You know, the livery looks – it looks nice for what it is. There were a lot of strong opinions on both sides when – did a blog post about this earlier in the week you know, with the reveal and the responses were, were very – no one was like, meh, it's okay. Hey, it looks better than the Beluga XL. I'll I'll leave it there. If they had just painted the Beluga XL and just like a regular – why they did the Belugi thing, I do not know. I said I'd leave it there and that's what I'm going to do. All right. So anyway, very strong opinions on both sides, but I didn't even care what the plane looked like. I cared how detailed – the painting of it took them three weeks to paint it.
1: That's a long time, and a lot of this stuff. I remember, aircraft are painted by hand or, or spray painted. Really, they're they're not. This none of this is really automatic. This is all painstakingly
0: done by human beings. A hundred and twenty painters took three weeks and used. 3,300 liters of paint. That's a lot that's of paint. That's incredible to me. That's a lot of paint. That is a lot of paint. And the one thing I always wonder about though is like they use 33 they, you know, they measure how much paint they start with. I wonder how much paint actually goes on the aircraft, because as you mentioned, it's sprayed on and they're wearing the, the you know spacesuits and, and they've got, you know, taped up everything all over the place. Uh, that's I wonder a good how much point. paint actually gets on the aircraft. Well, they must measure the weight
1: before and after painting, so they must know. How much the paint weighs, therefore, yeah. you know
0: exactly how much is on. But the video, the time lapse video that Airbus put together for this particular one is is rather impressive. The number of passes, because, you know, they do like one color and then they tape everything over and they do the next color, you know, it was a lot of work. Yeah, really I mean cool one one day this will be like inkjet printer and they'll they'll run it through a thing and it will be painted magically. They have that for the tails they do. that come pre-painted. They do. They print it was it the A three fifty line or, or the A320? It's, it's A three twenty line? I think it's an A three twenty, but that's what I'm alluding yeah. to. But
1: they're already experimenting with really automating this stuff, but today the bulk of it is
0: all hand done. Yeah. So, I mean, and when you get down to it, like, you know, after they take the tape off and everything, you see these guys with the brushes that you could use on, you know, a a model aircraft. And they're out there, you know, making sure that the lines are, you know, lines that no one is going to see from, you know, from where they're standing, but that are just absolutely perfect. I always thought that would be a cool job. Just remember to spell the name of the airline correctly, Cafe. (laughs) You mean it's not Pacific? Nope. Or what was it? Oh, Pacific. Cathay Pacific. Pa- Cathay Pacific. Yeah. Poor folks and what was it? The Heiko hanger or something. But it's really interesting. We'll put a link in the in the show notes to the video because that to me was, I mean, just all those videos are always impressive. But that one in particular, just because of how much detail went into that, that particular livery. Should we take a break? Sure. And come back. We'll talk about some recent developments in the ongoing saga of emotional support animals. Spoiler alert. Jeez. I you know just I I don't think that's a real spoiler. We'll talk about some airlines that are suspending operations and some that are hanging on and a few things that will surprise no one who has listened to a few episodes of this podcast in the past. So I'll be surprised. <laughs> Stay with us, we'll be right back. And we are back and ready to delve into a, a rather thorny topic in the aviation world. Many sides are very vocal about this particular issue. But one particular restaurant has found a way to, to cut through all the noise. And I'm looking at you, Popeyes. Uh, the emotional support chicken.
1: <laughs> I was laughing at this for a good portion of of my day yesterday. So, some people I'm sure at some point in in the world have have brought on an emotional support chicken or other extremely inappropriate animal like snake or bird or pig or cockatoo, I don't know, whatever. But There was that woman who tried to bring on the peacock. Yeah, that's the one. That's what I'm thinking of. But Popeyes, the fried chicken chain and and, uh, I guess it's the East Coast, East and South Southern United States. In Philadelphia is giving out a uh, chicken, emotional support chicken, in a box shaped like a chicken for people to bring onto fights for emotional support.
0: And just, I still can't stop laughing at this because it's it's just brilliant. I will admit to having been emotionally supported by fried chicken at once in my life. Who hasn't?
1: Uh, but you're probably going to need some emotional support when you bring stinky fried chicken on board yeah, a plane because people are going to be other thing.
0: mad. Like I laughed for a good while, and then I was like, but. I'm not going to like you if you bring fried chicken next to me. Unless you share, then we're in that together. I mean, Popeyes is delicious, but unless you're bringing enough for the whole plane, don't bring it on. I've brought
1: stinky food on planes before, and it's not. Do a you, good you
0: ever idea. have that? Like you, you were chewing gum in school, and the teacher was like, "Do you bring enough for the whole class?" And I'm like, "No, no I'm selfish. Why, why, Get I, lost. I'm an eight year old kid. How would I have enough money for enough gum for twenty people?" Yeah, I once made the mistake of bringing Taco Bell
1: on board a oh, flight, man, mainly because it was the only thing open at the Detroit airport at the time. At that portion of the terminal. So I brought Taco Bell on the plane and the look I got from people walking to the last row of the plane was was not friendly. Oh, man.
0: Wait, wait you were yeah, sitting that, in the last row?
1: I was in the like last second or last row of the plane because I had switched flights.
0: I mean, when you I bring Taco read, Bell on the plane, that, it's good to sit next to the That gordita laugh. was delicious. Oh. I don't think I've ever brought stinky food onto it. I sat next to one guy who brought McDonald's on the plane once. Ooh, like, it's not always your fault if that's what happens to be by your gate or what you Yeah, no, like, I, open. I, I didn't begrudge him the bringing of the food. It was more how he ate it, but that's a separate story. Mm-hmm. It's just some people you never want to see eat. When and he, yeah, he was I one of those you. guys. I hear you. Uh, emotional support chicken available in Philadelphia. Soon available elsewhere. I don't know. If you have, I don't want to talk about actual emotional support animals because because I feel like that deserves a, a much not touching that topic. A much deeper conversation and one that we may never never return to. But if you have any stories about emotional support food on an airplane, I would love to hear those podcast at fr24.com and I would love to share those in our next episode. Should we go back to a favorite of ours over the last couple episodes with some new developments and that is wow. Wow. They're not doing so
1: wowly. No, uh, they are at the I think the middle of January. They are axing their flights to the US West Coast. So that would be LA and uh, San Francisco, I think.
0: The, well, San Francisco's already
1: been suspended. Already done. So LAX, Pittsburgh, Orlando. What's that place? Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver
0: was like, you know, Thundercats were a go. And then all of a sudden, Vancouver disappeared off their website. Well, the same thing with Delhi.
1: When we talked about this last, I said the Delhi flight will operate as scheduled. It ain't. They lied. They didn't lie. The situations changed very quickly, and that route will be axed mid-January as they return their last A330, which made it impossible to operate all these routes because you can't do it with one airplane. So That's gone, and they'll be down to their core of, of just A320s and We'll see if Indigo still decides to to sprinkle them with some cash. I still don't know why they want to do that. But if Indigo thinks they can make it successful, all the power to them, I guess.
0: Yeah, so I mean we'll we'll see how that goes, I guess in January is when all of that needs to kind of either come to fruition or not. So I guess come January, WoW is either in a pretty good position and gets back to trying to make things work. Or a lot of other people have some canceled flights
1: right but if you're listening to this podcast you probably already know to keep an eye on your flight or your reservations or whatever but if you happen to know somebody that's booked on Wow air please tell them to keep an eye on it because this could turn south at any moment
0: yeah we, we've talked about this before and there you could wake up one morning and, and they could just not be at the airport anymore and that's happened more than a handful of times this year. I, I, th- this year has not been kind to to smaller, smaller, low-cost carriers at all. No, it's yeah. it's been a bad year for a lot of airlines. Well, we've, we've got – and Jason, I'll warn you before I do this. I'm going to skip down our list a little bit. But we've got FastJet and, and Chemair suspending ops. For different reasons. For, right, right. But I mean, I'm just saying, you know, the airlines are kind of just – we're losing a lot of airlines this year. For for and for environments. I think FastJet uh ran out of money. They
1: let's see, and in, in Tanzania they, they they just straight up ran out of money, so the authorities were likely to revoke their license. I think they might be starting up again, but then there's I'm probably gonna pronounce this wrong, but ChemAir or whatever the name of the little South African CRJ operator is. Their license was suspended, but not because of financials, because they uh Had some safety concerns, which seems to be a a repeating theme in South Africa, and their their license was revoked. But there are plenty of other airlines that just kind of went belly up this year. And I'm looking forward to uh, Cranky Flyers' article, end of your article, summarizing uh, all of that. Yeah, he probably
0: should have started in July this year. Well, I mean, the other news. Well, today, yesterday was the Jet Airways has been facing financial difficulties for. I don't know how long.
1: Yeah, a while. Eh, Etihad had still in the mix to some degree. I still don't really well, I mean, fully comprehend that. They
0: still that. own a big chunk of the airline and they've been trying to figure out whether or not they can give Jet Airways more cash, which strikes me as – I mean, if you were an airline that Etihad invested in, you either no longer exist or no longer
1: exist. There's there's an exception. Air Serbia seems to be well. They've reorganized since, but they seem to be still be okay. operational. That's one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Air Seychelles is still a thing. All right. That's fair. That's fair.
1: There's that's two.
0: All right. Well. Okay. So fifty fifty. I guess it's
1: still it's not it's less than fifty fifty. It's not good but, at
0: but all. But Jet So so today the news is that they're going to return. They've struck a deal. With GCAS, which leased them some 737s. They're going to return eight of them prior to the end of the lease. At a time when, when Boeing just put out a report literally 16 hours ago that
1: said India is going to need 2,300 new airplanes through uh, whatever, through the next 20 years, and that fares are too low. So India's India's
0: difficult market. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly is a difficult market. And it'll be interesting to see how that. Develops and whether or not it's—I mean, just Air India's struggled, Jet Airways has struggled. I mean, the low-cost carriers have had some success, so that'll be interesting to to see. But I mean, yeah, there's a ton of people who are going to start flying, or and we've talked about this with with John Ostrow with the you know with Chinese aviation. I mean, there's there's so many people who are have not flown who will start flying right uh, and so are there going to be new airlines that that are poised to take advantage of this or or what happens there so so many different you know crossing storylines but yeah there there's a lot going on moving right along this episode has been just a ton of little things
1: like yeah, we are just moving along
0: quickly what's the next little thing let's talk about how surprised or not we are that Spirit Airlines has become an
1: on-time yeah, leader. this is legitimately surprising. I thought you were going in a different direction with this one. But yeah, this is something I've been following for a while. I, I read through the Department of Transportation's uh, – Air travel consumer report every month. Friends, and Jason is exciting. He it, it is, is very he is thrilling. exciting. It is very exciting. And really, I've been looking through to see how abysmal JetBlue's operation is in Frontier. But
0: somehow along the way, Spirit floated to the top of the list. I mean, they've done – it's been something of a focus for them because – as it turns out, if you fly the schedule that you set out to fly, you probably make more money.
1: Right. So, Spirit had historically had a habit of operating very late or canceling flights at the very last minute and basically telling you to screw off, uh, find your own way home because the next flight to your destination might be in three days with availability. But they have made a remarkable recovery in that they have. If you include both mainline and regional flights for the big guys, the highest on-time percentage by a smidge, and some of the the fewest canceled flights of any airline in the US as well. So it's not like they decide a flight's going to be late, so they just cancel it. They're both on time and actually
0: completing their flights. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty remarkable turnaround from, I don't know, even just when we started this podcast a couple years ago, when you know we were ragging on Spirit for you know don't fly them or you know I wouldn't fly them because well know, I think the last time the, I went out to you yeah, over the summer I, I
1: said I will fly Spirit if I absolutely positively do not need to be somewhere on a particular day or time, but that's it's still the case to a degree because if a flight on Spirit is canceled. You're likely to be kind of screwed still since they don't operate a ton of flights and you might end up a few days late if flights are are, uh, highly booked, but they're canceling so few and they're on time so often that I'd I'd be willing to consider flying them for regular
0: business trips, I think. Yeah, and we're starting to really reach the point where people are aware of what they're going to get. On a particular uh, line. Uh,
1: yeah, because everyone else has dropped down to their yeah, level. Everyone else true. is charging for a bag. Everyone else is charging for a seat. Everyone else basically charges or prohibits outright a carry-on bag. Everyone else has lowered their standards to the point that Spirit actually doesn't look so bad these days. They're installing Wi-Fi across their fleet. They're beginning to start to do that. So it's an interesting time. I've always said I'm willing to fly Spirit because I know what I'm getting into. Most people may not. But as other airlines have basics economied, they've kind of set the expectation so low that Spirit isn't a bad option anymore.
0: Yay, race to the
1: bottom. Woohoo. Yeah, but it's weird. Spirit is kind of, since they've got their operation in order, they've kind of gravitated towards the top. It's just a shame that there's still a blip on the radar compared to the US-3. Their route network is tiny and their frequencies are not great. But if it works for you, absolutely go for it.
0: Should we go to Canada? Canada, eh? Sure. (laughs) I'm not drinking a Molson, though. (laughs) That stuff's like moonshine. Wow. Mid-90s reference. Mid-90s? Early 2000s? Doesn't matter. Wayne's World? No. One of the Adam Sandler movies. Doesn't matter. Canada has come up with a new, we're calling it a passenger's bill of rights or something along those lines. Basically, moving towards something similar to what Europe has, the European Europe, Union I'm not sorry, Europe the European well. Union. Jason if if you would like to explain more I would be forever grateful.
1: Sure. So Seth Miller on his blog has a, a great breakdown of this if you're looking for where to go to get more details, but basically in the EU, they have very strict passenger compensation rules so that if your flight is delayed by 3 or 4 or more hours, there, there's a, a, a kind of a, a scale of large versus small airline, whether you're canceled or simply delayed. Basically, the airline owes you compensation if your flight is substantially delayed, and that's been law in your and in, in uh, the EU for quite a number of years now. Not really a thing elsewhere, but Canada uh, has just adopted this this past week, which is a pretty big deal. We don't have anything of the sort in the U.S. other than really uh, involuntary bumping off a flight. You're you're due a hefty payday. But if you're delayed or, or canceled, the airlines really don't owe you much. But there is some substantial payment if your flight operated to or from or on a Canadian airline, I believe, is is delayed. So it, it's good to see that more rights for the passengers. It'd be great to see something more along the lines that here in the US. I know JetBlue, after their Valentine's Day massacre, initiated one of their own volition. But no one else really has that here.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. I, I don't know when exactly the new rules go into effect in Canada, but it, I know there's a comment period before they do. So, it'll be interesting to see what passenger groups and what airlines both have to say. I'm sure both of them will be very unhappy. Right. In the, in the US, we do have the uh, tarmac delay rule,
1: which is hefty fines if, if flights are held on the tarmac for three or four hours if they're international, but you ain't seen any of that money. That goes to the government.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's really nothing. I mean, you know, just I guess the key word here is you know, make sure you're flying to Europe if you're going to be delayed. Uh, yeah, uh, or something. It, or European. Uh, I've, gotten Union. Some good, Sorry, European Union. I've
1: gotten some good paydays out of that. Um, <laughs> if, if you're if you're flexible and doesn't really matter if you're delayed, it's great. But uh, we don't have anything yeah. like that here. Yeah,
0: exactly. If if you really need to be where you're going, it really doesn't matter if there's compensation involved or not. A few more things before we say goodbye for the year. One that will come as no surprise to anyone who has been following the news about this and intermittently what we've had to say about it, but it appears that the full-on move over to the new Istanbul airport has been delayed once again, this time what uh, possibly until March of next year. No, a new airport opening delayed? It's unprecedented. I mean, it's
1: better than never opening Berlin, but. Well, it's not never opening. It's just opening sometime in the very distant future. It'll have to be a spaceport by the
0: time it opens. Don't we have one of those in Arizona? Yeah, exactly. So the airport was originally supposed to open in the fall, then it got delayed till the end of the year. And now it's been delayed another few months. Now, weren't they operating a few slush flights out of there? There are flight – there are Turkish Airways flights operating from the new airport, but the full cutover was supposed to happen at the end of the year. So, basically in two weeks. So, it's open, but not
1: really. Right. That is correct. Okay. So, they've already gotten further than Berlin. They are well past Berlin at this point. That's good. That's good. They didn't try to make smoke go down and they can turn the lights off probably.
0: Yes. I think both of those things are accurate, though I can't be sure. I mean, that I I have not been there to to test either the lights or uh, their their smoke abatement procedures. Look, airports
1: are are complicated. They're massive, and they're difficult, and
0: they're complicated. So it's if they need to take a couple extra months to work out the issues, so be it. Yeah, I, I mean, Just- it's, I don't think that anyone is. You know, shocked by this news. Um, no, if there are issues, resolve them because remember what happened when Heathrow T5 opened? It was not
1: good. It was not good. Surprisingly, LaGuardia is the, the new little section of the central terminal building that opened. I haven't heard any issues there, mainly because I guess it's just part of it right, and right. not any of the actual check-in or bag handling or anything, but it's better
0: than nothing. Yeah, I mean, and, and let's hope it stays that way. Uh, moving right along to Royal Air Morocco has joined or is joining the One World Alliance.
1: Right. Along with Fiji Airlines, yes. who's joining as a One World Connect
0: partner, whatever that means. One World Light, two worlds? Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. sure. But it'll be interesting. I mean, now to, to have an African airline you know, that offers a, a bunch of connections and you get to fly in a pretty decent 787 product. The 787-9 that they just took delivery of the first one- Looks pretty nice.
1: Yeah, it's got a way nicer uh, business class product because the seven eight eight has a not so great one, I guess. But it looks they took the seven three max,
0: their first one in the same kind of livery, and it looks really nice. Yeah, no, and and they look really nice too. And and hopefully we'll see one in the special one word livery when they actually join up. So that that'll be neat to to see. And then other livery news was the first Lufthansa A three hundred and eighty in the new livery. Is now out. Painted in China, flew back to Munich last week, and is back in service. I'm already bored thinking about it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you know, for plane spotters who, you know, want to to collect their images. Is this one with the
1: slightly lighter tail? I think this is Blue 2.0. Oh, Blue 2.0, yeah. not uh, so black ATC can't even Correct. see it. Correct. That's good. Yeah. I still can't believe
0: no one figured that out before they painted it. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, they did not put us in charge, which would have resulted in very bad things happening, I, I'm i firmly aware. No, but, uh, if you put me in charge of coming up with a new livery, I'm going to bust out the Crayolas. Okay. So, for our first new episode in the new year, Jason will reveal the livery for his new airline. Mm-hmm. A lot of Crayola colors. I cannot wait. I'll have I'll have my son work on one too, and we can have some sort of contest between the two of you. To, yeah, he's uh, gonna win to design the, he, the new library. Just give him the award. <laughs> <laughs> so we come to the end of the year and the end of we're almost to fifty episodes. Our next episode will be not a live show, but we'll do a little bit of recap of what we talked about this year and hit some of the highlights and really get, get in step for the beginning of the year and we'll be back with our first new show in the middle of January but we will have a show in two weeks that you can download, listen to and enjoy. I want to say thank you everyone for listening You know, this year and to everything that we've been working on. We're working on some great stuff that we're going to do in the new year and some a little bit of some new type of stuff so we hope that you're enjoying it. As always, if there's something you want to hear about about, if there's something you don't like that we've said or you do like that we said, let us know. You can email us directly, podcast at fr24.com. We read all of those emails. Jason even promises to read some of them. If you
1: want to record the pronunciation of every Australian city and get that off to us, that would be acceptable as that
0: well. That would be fantastic. You can just email that right on to us and if you do like the show or if you don't like the show and you want you know something to change leave us a review on iTunes especially if that's how you found the podcast it helps other people find the podcast and it really means a lot to us to know that we're listening to everyone who's listening to us and it helps us improve the show mm-hmm. so thank you so much for listening this year we will see you in the new year I am Ian Pechnik here as always with Jason Rabinowitz. And thank you all for listening and have a good new year.